Well, greetings, everyone, those listening on this CD and those who are right in front of me. And it's such an honor to be before those who earnestly desire the good things of God. And it's such an honor to be around those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because it's an incredibly rare thing on this planet. You know what else is really rare? Is knowing what the truth is. And so every week we get together to rejoice in knowing the Lord's truth and getting to know who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is in truth and reverencing him in that entirely. So that's why I ask you all to put your cell phones away, turn them off if you need to severance that distraction and that possibility of that distraction, because there's nothing more important than giving God Almighty your undivided attention and your respect. And of course, we do record these. So if you'd like to get past copies or copies in the future, just let me know. That's what we're here to do. If you hunger and thirst for the truth, God will feed you. So today, we're so excited. And I'm, I'm so excited because the, the state of the world we live in right now is in total upheaval. Everywhere you look, for the most part, there's a real lack of peace. Very few people can just say, I have peace in my heart, in my mind, and in my soul. But did you know that's one of the key factors of a Christian, is they have peace. So I asked the Lord, because I was talking to a Christian gal a, a few months ago, and I told her that any Christian has love, joy, and peace. And what she said to me was, What's peace? <laughs> so I asked the Lord, well, Lord, how do you explain that to a soul that's never felt what, that, what your peace, that peace that passeth all understanding, what it feels like? So he gave me a pretty cool acronym. It means perfect, eternal, awesome, confidence for everything. <laughs> that's peace. Perfect, eternal, awesome confidence for everything. So let's go, let's start in John chapter 14, verse 27. Because Christ came to give us peace, and that's what he tells us here in John 14, chapter 27, or chapter 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now just that scripture alone and understanding the grandeur of who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is should allow a soul to really rest in that peace. But understanding what the word peace means helps you do that even more. The word peace means prosperity, that's physical, financial, and spiritual. Prosperity, growth, abundance. That's what Christ gives you. It means one, peace, quietness, rest. And then the, primi the, the primary root to the word is so interesting because I thought, well, you're one. To be at peace means you're at one. You're at one with God Almighty. And that's the primary root means to join to set at one again. So that is so incredible to know that 
once we allow Jesus Christ of Nazareth in our life, and, and as we'll, we're going to go back a little bit and hear how he really gets to abide with us and abide in us, we are once again set at one with God Almighty. So when you're at one with the creator of the known universe, the, the God who with the blast of a breath of his nostril discomfited the whole foundations of the world and created Mount Everest and created the oceans, um, there's nothing that's going to ruffle your feathers. You're going to be at total peace all the time, regardless of what's coming at you. And right now, I'm sitting in front of a police officer who faces incredible amounts of distress, discomforting, um, disorganization, and all manner of unclean spirits. But you know what? He's got God inside of him. He's been baptized. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. So he rules and reigns over all of that because he is at one. He has Jesus Christ, his hope of glory. He is at one with God Almighty. So that was John 14, 27. Let's go back up to verse 23. And it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will, make, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So again, Jesus Christ is inside you. He that loveth me not, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So again, that authority from God on high is what is coming out of Christ's mouth in these in this exhortation. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This is so incredible. Now the comforter means an intercessor, a consoler, and an advocate. The Holy Ghost is your advocate to God the Father. The Holy Ghost is your advocate to the creator of the known universe. And your very key to being taught all things. So if you struggle with anything, any level of knowledge, if you're in college or if, if your job, if you face some challenges with your job, get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and then boom, guess what? The Holy Ghost really does teach you all things. And, and I'm sure those who are filled with the Holy Ghost sitting in front of me right now say, yeah, I've got three, eight, 10, four, 50, a billion examples of how the Holy Spirit has taught me something in the drop of a hat. And it's incredible. But you know what else? That peace that's in your soul is also resting in the promises of the Lord that he will send the comforter. And in another place it says, I will not leave you comfortless. That's a guarantee. God will send the Holy Ghost. When you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, he will send it. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit because we're going to go to Acts 2.38 in a moment. But um, it says... Whatsoever I have, so, and he will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. And did you notice that all these promises from the Holy Ghost teaching you all things, bringing all things to your remembrance, having that peace in your soul, being one with God, where does it start? With the love of Christ and keeping his words. 
and following suit. So let's go to where that declaration is in Acts 2.38. This is just an incredible scripture. And we, um, we, I really prefer to just keep it as simple as these few scriptures right here because baptism is so important for that reason. It's, it's, it unlocks the key to the Holy Ghost. And as we just read in John, getting the Holy Ghost, getting the comforter in your soul brings so many promises and, and that promise of peace as well. So Acts 2.38 it says, now Peter was before thousands and thousands of souls, who, and he just explained who Jesus Christ of Nazareth is. And I just had that experience the other day where I got to tell a soul who knew nothing about Jesus Christ who Jesus Christ is and what he did for his soul. And, and Peter just got done with doing this. And in verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Isn't that immeasurably awesome? That you you listen to that, you follow that word, you be obedient to that word, and then that promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off. So if you have family members that you're praying for, that you'd like to see have a deeper walk with the Lord or just get peace in their soul, if you have family members battling health problems, cancer, addiction, um, workaholics, gambling addiction, whatever it may be, Christ is your solution. That comforter being one with God is your solution there. And it's, it's the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off. And then in verse 40, he goes on to say, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation, which we're in right now too. So for all those churches and ministers, so-called, that say, oh, this word is just for the old days, or this isn't active now, I'd like to ask them how you explain that. Because each individual soul has got to save themselves from this untoward generation. And don't you notice, too, how Peter says, save yourselves? This is an individual walk. This is not something that you can hang on a priest or on a weekly confession and say, oh, I'm holy. I just went to confession and confessed my sins. The priest will take care of it for me. No, this is something that you take responsibility for each individual soul. It's up to you to save yourself from this untoward generation. But the good news is we just, we just unlocked that key, that door for you. And that is what Peter um, offered all those souls and is offering you today, dear soul of the Lord. And in verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Bless God. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And that's as easy and as simple as it, it really is is just to follow the word and to know that God has given these promises and that he is not a man that he can lie. So how do you have peace? How do you have perfect, eternal, awesome confidence for everything? 
It's trusting in the Lord, certainly. And in Proverbs 3.26, we see this, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. 3.26 also happens to be my birthday, so I particularly have this written on the tables of my heart. But it says, For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. So God Almighty is the source of your confidence. Well, when you think of God, you, you think of the fact that he inhabits eternity, right? So spend a couple minutes as you're driving to and from work, and just consider eternity. The fact that there's no beginning of time and there's no end of time. And just consider that for, your, for the next commute, I challenge you. As you're driving to work, and as you're thinking, oh, I have to get this done and that done and that done and this done, just allow your mind to settle and be at peace and consider eternity. And, and the fact that God Almighty inhabits all of eternity, and that's your source for confidence. So, so when you have that, yes, you'll definitely be at peace. Your soul will have that perfect, eternal, awesome confidence for everything. So I was asking the Lord, well, Lord, give me some illustrations in the word of your promises and your protections. And he just said, go to my King David. So let's go to Psalms 27. And there are so many, so many beautiful examples of the Lord's promises and his protections and what he guarantees for those souls that are obedient, that follow him, that get baptized, that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And what's incredible about David is he was a man after God's own heart. And a greater than David sits before me today in those that are spirit-filled, in those that have been baptized. They've been obedient to that commandment, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They've received that promise of God. A greater than David sits before me today. And in a variety of shapes and sizes and ages and we have a, even a little bun in the oven that is a greater than David right now. Noah Gabriel is greater than the man that wrote all of Psalms. That is an incredible, and it's a humbling thing to, to think about. Whenever we talk to someone who's spirit-filled, just that reverence that we have for one another. So Psalm 27, we'll just start in verse 1. And as you hear this, if you're listening to the CD, just ponder the great lengths that King David goes to praise God Almighty and ask the Lord to show you how you can learn that same gift that David has. So this is, this is Psalms 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? <laughs> that right there is a great question. Well, Paul puts it well, if God be for us, who can be against us? David's saying this some, probably a thousand years earlier. I, just incredible. It says, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, another place in the scriptures say, perfect love casts out fear. God is love. So a perfect understanding of God. You don't fear anything. You don't fear cancer. You don't fear death. You don't fear guys holding knives coming running at you. No, you just pop them in the jaw and they're pff, evaporated into a little pile of bones and skin at the, on the ground. That's 
That's what it's like when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. It's called victory. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is no one. And David goes on in verse 2, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now consider for a moment what it took, the incredible opposition and oppression and um, challenges that David felt to be able to write, my foes came upon me to eat my flesh. Or though a host should camp against me, a hope, a host is a whole army who's, imagine you're sitting in your house and outside is, is a, an evil army from another country that I shall rename, remain nameless. You can fill in the blank. But you know what? Your heart shall not fear, not when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. So all that, and David still remains confident all that, people trying to claw at his flesh, or maybe there's a sickness clawing at your flesh, and you feel like in some way your flesh is being eaten up by a disease, by cancer. It doesn't matter. Whatever it may be, keep this in mind, that despite all those obstacles and oppression and challenges, David's one desire of the Lord and what he was seeking after was to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So if ever you're feeling out of sorts and you don't have peace in your heart, your soul, or your mind, just go back to the scripture, Psalm 27, verse 4. Lord, the one thing I desire of you. And read it out loud and encourage your soul in that way because here's what David knows in verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Now what's so cool about the word of God is that the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. But anytime you see a reference to the rock or a rock, as in David right here, you can bank on it being a type of Christ so yes, when we are set up with Christ, that's where we are hidden and that's where we are protected. In verse six, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So when you're going through something and you don't feel a lot of peace in your life and you feel surrounded by evil or you feel like your flesh is being eaten up by whatever is out there, just find a quiet place. Find a quiet place and sing, yea, sing praises unto the Lord. And just watch how that peace flows right back into your heart and right back into your mind. Because verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. And that's another key to getting a hold of God and getting that peace in your life 
is crying out with your voice. Now, the Lord knows the thoughts of, of your heart. He does. But when you activate it with your voice, then he is going to answer you. When thou said, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. What a beautiful, humble man. And that's, that's what Christ said in John too, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, the Lord said, seek my face. And David's response was, well, thy face, Lord, will I seek. And here's David's utterance even further. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And see, what's so incredible too is David didn't have the Holy Ghost. He didn't have Christ within. So when he was looking at the, trying to seek the face of the Lord, that was as close to the Lord as he could get. But now, remember what Christ said when he said, my peace I leave with you? that was being one with God Almighty. So again, a greater than David is within you when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And a greater than David is before the Lord seeking him and, and asking him for answers. So surely the Lord will answer. In verse 10, it says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I'll tell you what other false witnesses might look like. Could be a doctor saying, nope, you're going to die in four days. Go home and, and get, your order, get your stuff in order. Not so. You're healed by the blood of Christ. Get baptized, get filled with the Holy Ghost, claim that healing and know that that is yours. Those doctors that are claiming you're sick, those doctors that are claiming you can't be healed, they're false witnesses. They're rising up against you, breathing out cruelty. But you know what? God is going to deliver you. Here it says in verse 13, I had fainted, David, this is, this is David speaking, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And in verse 14, this is one that you can... This is one to bank on. This is one to write down, put it in your wallet, and just trust in this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David's not done yet, though. Let's go to Psalm 28. It says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications. And, and oh, by the way, I just want to um, very clearly and definitively say that the pit is hell. It is eternal damnation. It is fire. It's, it's the hottest fire for eternity. It exists. It's real. Your only chance at escaping it is through the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So the Pope in the Vatican, who just this past week came out and said there is no hell, he's a goddamn liar, and the blood of those who believe him will be on his head. And unless he repents, he will be facing the very reality he's trying to deny. So do not let anyone tell you, you are a precious, 
beloved soul of God, if you're listening to the CD, those sitting before me right now, you are a precious, cherished, chosen, beloved soul sculpted by God Almighty. He wants you to have eternal life, not eternal torment. So if you hear someone say, hell's not real, or joke about it, you can know that person does not know a thing about their word, about Jesus Christ, or God Almighty. And if they tell you there is no hell, they're a goddamn liar. Especially if they're a so-called leader in some church trying to spout those lies. David knew what it was like to go down into the pit. It says in verse 2, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Oh yeah, I'm talking to all those false pastors again right now too. Who want to speak peace? Oh, there is no hell. Don't worry. There's only paradise. That's both P.S. They have mischief in their heart trying to speak peace to their neighbor, but they're lying to them, and they're not giving them the reality that God Almighty laid out. But here it says, verse 4, this is for all those, those uh, liars out there and those false witnesses, <laughs> including the Pope, so-called holy dude, not so much, it says, give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. That's right, Lord. I claim this for every so-called minister out there that is preaching anything less than your perfect word. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. Well, a desert doesn't have any water in it. Well, the water is spirit and life. So give them their desert. That basically means giving them a lifeless existence. And you know, to be honest, most of them have a lifeless existence. It's just a facade. It's all on the outside. Verse 5. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, know the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. So what I love about David is how real he was. And Christ said, "Peace I leave my peace I leave with you." That means that you're you have quietness and rest and you're one with God Almighty, but that doesn't mean you're not crying out to the Lord. That doesn't mean you don't get your petitions and your prayers up and that you get to have a full-fledged dialogue with God Almighty, with what's on your heart, what's on your mind, what you want to see Him change, what you want to see um, improved in your life. You still get to do that. And here, here David did a beautiful job saying that. Blessed be the Lord, because He hath heard the voice of my supplications. God honors your prayers he created you. He loves you. He, he'll do nothing short of everything to meet your faith exactly where you are. And here's the number one reason we are confident in the Lord God Almighty. Because the Lord is my strength 
and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Well, he sent his only begotten son to give us resurrection power, overcoming power, the ability to heal the sick and watch them recover, the ability to cast out devils, the ability to take up serpents and not be harmed. Those are the promises that God sent Christ to offer those who are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, a.k.a. those who are anointed. It says, Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Now that's why I said at the beginning, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Christ said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they shall be full. Well, that's what it says right here. Feed them also and lift them up forever. And then did you know that you are God's inheritance? Beloved soul, you certainly are. He sent his son to be the ultimate sacrifice for your soul. So once you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, you have Jesus Christ living inside you. You are God's son or daughter. That's what that means. That's why David, hundreds and a thousand, thousands of years before Christ even came, could say, save thy people and bless thine inheritance. That's what we are. And in verse 29, it says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Now again, the voice of the Lord created heaven and earth and the sun and the stars and the moon. So it's so wonderful to go through and hear how David, and again, we'll, we'll get at the end why it's so important to appreciate the nuance of who God Almighty is. And really... If you just ponder one or two of these verses as you're going to and from work, maybe before you leave for work tomorrow morning, just take one of these verses, such as, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And just ponder on that. And just consider what it means for God Almighty to be powerful. Is there anything he can't do? No. Is there anything he won't do for his beloved souls? No. So have fun as you drive to work tomorrow, just considering how the voice of the Lord is powerful. But anyway, let's go on here, because David is very specific about all these key um, nuances of God Almighty and why it's important to honor the Lord with all these. It says, The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. Isn't that interesting? So if you feel like you're um, surrounded 
by a bunch of fire and there's just danger around you because that's what fire is. Fire is usually a danger to most things. Um, it can also be an element of warmth. There's a lot of different reasons. There's flames of fire, but the Lord's voice divideth the flames of fire. He will give you a path right through that danger. He will give you the perfect path right through the elements that are seem to be surrounding you. And in verse 8, it says, The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. Now, again, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have Jesus Christ living inside you, what are you? Again, you're one. You're set at one again with God Almighty. So guess what? In my Bible, it says the power that's in us. That's right. That's why when Christ rebuked the wind, it ceased. It was at peace. That's the power that we have in ourselves when we use that authority that God gives us when we're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, I've said it a lot. It's because Acts 2.38, that is how the promise of the Holy Ghost happens, is to repent and get baptized. And if someone's telling you there's, there's any other way, they're not giving you the fullness in the, of the scripture. They're not giving you the whole picture. You're getting a little piece of it. So just ask the Lord, say, Lord, I want all of you, just like David said, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Lord, I want to seek your face. I want all of you. And he'll give you the truth. He'll give you the fullness of his truth. And that's what we do here. Just, uh, that's why we keep a book simple. It says in verse 9, The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forests, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Now, I just have to point out one more time <laughs> that when you have Jesus Christ within, and you're one with God Almighty, guess what you are? A king forever. Your royalty on this earth. That's why you can have peace, perfect, eternal, awesome confidence for everything. You ever seen a queen or a king walk around? Chest is up, shoulders back, head high. They have a royal disposition. Well, so does everyone who's filled with the Holy Ghost. They have a royal disposition. They just seem to, things just get taken care of in their life. Well, that's because they have God Almighty, who is the Lord sitteth king forever. They're one with him. So absolutely, you are royalty. So walk tall, dear beloved of the Lord. Walk tall. And here's verse 11 and the key and why it's so cool. Why did David point out the voice of the Lord is upon the waters and, and that he is powerful and full of majesty and break the, the cedars is to give total credibility and credence to verse 11. The Lord will give strength unto his people. Well, sure. I mean, it's pretty clear he's got a lot of strength in him. And so, yeah, he's going to give that strength, that immeasurable power to shake the wilderness and to divide flames of fire. He's giving it to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And how did he do that? By sending his only begotten son, who then 
hundreds if not thousands of years later, said, my peace I will leave with you. And that quietness, that rest, and that perfect oneness with God Almighty is what that means. So if you need peace in your life, if you're battling, whether it's um, issues in your relationships, at your work, in your health, whatever it is, if there's pain in your heart, if there's pain in your head, wherever it is, just know that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is your solution to have perfect, eternal, awesome confidence for everything and eternal peace. Well, that's all I had for tonight. If the Lord has any other words of exhortation or comfort, let them come forward. And yea, saith the Lord unto my people, yea, even thank you, for yea, even seeking out my truth, saith God. For yea, my word does say, he who believes a lie shall be damned. But yea, he who believes the truth shall be set free. Set free in me, saith God. Yea, set free from sin, free from sickness, free from death, free from sorrow, and free from fear. And free to worship me in spirit and in truth, saith the Lord. So yea, as you've listened and as you've heard my word tonight, even know it is even my truth brought forth in pureness, in love, and in simplicity. Take it on, my dear ones, for I even did send my son to this world to yea, even give you life through me, a life that is even free and full of much victory, saith the Lord. Yea, saith God unto my people, yea, you are my beloved elect, so yea, keep thyself straight on my path. For yea, this is just the beginning, saith God, for yea, I am one body of Christ, saith the Lord, for I am the guider, protector, and perfecter, saith the Lord. Savannah, how old are you? Eight. She's eight years old. Bless God. O oh, yea, saith the Lord to my people, yea, you are a soul of God, and yea, you have a path to go, but yea, you keep digging in and keep ministering to souls, yea, saith the Lord. And yea, you have the strength and the power and the authority to stand up. And yea, you have God on your side, so yea, keep going and keep fighting the fight, yea, saith the Lord. Eva, how old are you? Eight. Also eight years old. And ye saith the Lord further, Go not where they say, Have peace, and tell thee not how to get it. When they say, Be warmed and filled when you're starving and cold, and give thee nothing, and send thee on thy way. They don't see thee as I see thee. They don't see the greatness of thy soul, and the largeness of thy soul, and the beauty of it, saith God. They see their own flesh, they see only what is in front of them and what can benefit them, saith the Lord. And you are precious in my sight, and I shall not let that continue if you choose to walk in my perfect way, saith the Lord. I have given thee the opportunity to see the truth, to hear the truth, and to take it on, saith the Lord. And the steps are clear, as my beloved Julie has laid out in perfect detail. Be baptized, repent, and filled with the Holy Ghost, and thou shalt be perfect. Thou shalt be beautiful 
and thou shalt have eternal life with me, saith God. And how does that compare to a Maserati, saith God, which wears out? How does that compare to a large house that needs air conditioning and all these other things? And that will waste away. My eternity is bigger than what thou shalt see on this earth. And forget not that what, the, what thy see in front of them is perishable. Thy soul with me is not, saith God. So go where thou dost get answers, where thou, where thou hearest the truth, and where, there, where thy soul feels the peace. When thou dost feel the peace, it's of me, saith God. Peace comes from nowhere but from me. So let thy soul tell thee what thy, what thy need, not thy flesh, not thy hunger and, their, and thy fleshly needs day to day. Yea, let thy soul show thee where to go and where to be, because thy soul desires to be with me, saith God. So um, my name's Carly. I was baptized about eight years ago and really got to know the Lord. Um, before that, I was desperately seeking, went to a bunch of different churches looking for answers, and not until this one did anyone tell me the truth. One of the churches I went to was a Lutheran church, and, you know, you sit in a pew, and they kind of tell you what they think, and they give you maybe a, a verse or two, and then at the end of the service, you know, you're sitting in a pew with all these people, most of them you've never seen before, never talked to, most of them probably looked at you sideways the whole time because you're making too much noise with your Bible. And at the end, you had to stand up and shake each other's hands and say, peace be with you, peace be with you. And you shake all these people's hand. And I just remember being like, why do we even do this? I don't know you. I don't know how to impart peace unto you. I don't have peace myself. And it wasn't until I got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost that I understood what peace was. And I understood what the purpose behind that was, but how empty it was. And, and that's what I saw a lot out there in, in the churches was empty promises, empty words, repeated statements, repeated things that aren't even out of the scripture, but they would repeat it because it would make them feel good. And if you repeat it enough, you just might believe it. And it, it doesn't give you peace. It's not the truth. And it's certainly not the fullness of God. So the only way to get peace is through God. And it was just, it's just wonderful to get that confirmation on, you know, and that, that little reminder of where I was, you know, 8, 10, 12 years ago, searching and just how the Lord has filled me and filled my life since then. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way.